Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody, back to episode 12 of Two Fools Save the World. Sabri, I wanted to take this time, actually, to wish you a happy Father's Day, my friend. Oh, thank you. That's mighty kind of you, sir. I wish you and uh, your dad a happy Father's Day also. Um, and a belated, belated Father's Day to everyone as we're doing this podcast a couple of days after Father's Day. Tip to all the male role models, father figures, stepfathers, everybody who has a effect on a young person's life. Happy Father's Day to you. How was your Father's Day? How'd you spend it? Uh, it was pretty good. I can't complain. Spent it with my son. Had a little bit of breakfast. Made me a card and a poster. And then uh, they got me this t-shirt. It was, uh, I guess it was from The Last Dance or something. And I didn't even figure it out at the beginning. It had two Ds. And then it had the Jordan symbol dunking. And I was like, I don't get it. And then they were like, it spells dad. And I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anytime double D in a t-shirt is mentioned, you know, it's a good time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it a blonde moment. What about you? I was going to go see my dad, but my dad's still a little bit paranoid about Corona and everything. And rightfully so. I mean, I can't blame him for it. But what we just basically did, we FaceTimed and uh, we talked about computers. We talked about video games that we normally do. It's what me and my dad think is music and hobbies and stuff. And we had a, a good conversation for a couple of hours while my mom went out to go buy dinner for her. And yeah, it was uh, it was good. I can't. Complain. Sounds yeah, sounds like a good one. And he should be worried, as should everybody else. <laughs> yep, we'll get into that. But before we do that, we're going to start off with our segment, as always, which is a little good news. A little good news. By two fools. And this week, my good news to say, and it's really our good news, I guess we should say, too, that me and Sabri worked on this effortlessly. Sabri took the initiative and did a great little design, and I kind of finished it off, but we have a new logo. Hopefully, it should be up uh, by the time we upload this podcast, otherwise it would be awkward. But yeah, we got a new logo. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we did do uh, a new logo, and I'm pretty excited about it, too. James uh, came up to me and was like, dude, we need to update our logo. Our name's not in it. And he was like, be creative. And I was like, all right. So me just doing what I do, spent, you know, an hour or two on it. And, and James comes, spends like 10 minutes and does some minor, infa- uh, minor effects that make it look that much better. That's why he's the tech guy. So, uh, yeah, we got a new logo. That was pretty cool. The closer, quote unquote. <laughs> He's the closer. <laughs> yeah, I get. It. If I could give you seven innings, that's uh, a good uh, good start for me. Yeah, exactly. So, some other good news is uh, the Senate is trying to put out a police reform for bills to increase accountability and promote de-escalation training to rebuild the lost trust. And a little more about that is the Senate and the Republicans have introduced a large bill of police reform called the Justice Act that includes measures to improve reporting, increase penalties for officers, falsifying police reports, offer funding for additional training programs in de-escalation and nonviolent policing, and to create a new criminal justice commission that will continually make recommendations on how to reform every level of the criminal justice system with the citizen safety and rights as central consideration. Another good news story was a nine-year-old and her friends have raised $100,000 for African-American businesses selling homemade bracelets. So one day, a girl named um, Cameron Johnson and five of her friends were bored, so in order to have their some fun, they had a bright idea to sell some bracelets. But instead of just keeping the money to themselves, the um, Cameron's mom suggested it would be nice to do something positive for others during this time. 
So they ended up uh, making these bracelets for unity and justice, and the money is going to small black businesses, and a portion of the money raised will go towards providing food and household supplies to those in need. Some of those places are the Sanctuary Covenant Church Food Drive and the Kyle Rudolph Food and Supply Drive. So that was pretty cool that uh, some kids uh, got together, made some bracelets, raised a lot of money, and gave it to a good cause. That's awesome. Now, see, this is why I like this segment. I had no clue of those two stories that you uh, mentioned, even the police reform and everything. So that's cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I like the segment, too, because to be honest, until I do some research, I had no clue about the stories either. But it's always <laughs> good to have some... Some good news, especially like in our show of current events, just because it seems like as soon as we give some good news, we're going to give some negative news. So I'm just glad we get some positive in there. I agree. So ready for the negative? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Hit me. Hit me. (laughs) Segue into that. As I was talking about how my dad's a little more freaked out about Corona. Uh, Update on Corona. Two Day or yesterday, I can't I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but we had the single biggest increase as far as cases nationwide. Right. Right? Uh yeah, world worldwide or, it or was worldwide. today. Yeah, thirty seven thousand two hundred and sixty three, I believe. And today as of six twenty four is the single highest spike, which is crazy. It ain't going anywhere. That's the thing. Yeah. So well, yeah, I know a lot of businesses are scared. A lot of, uh, I know the stock market got scared today. It took a hit. I think the Dow dropped 700 points. So the COVID is is definitely sticking around and uh, it's a force to be reckoned with. The second wave that everybody kind of has been talking about have been more or less nonchalant and thinking of like, ah, it's not going to affect me. The worst is over. Well, Certain things are starting to go into effect now. The biggest thing that at least I know of as of today, uh, Disneyland is postponing their reopening phase. Originally, they were going to open up July, about sometime mid-July, is either the 15th or the 17th. I can't remember which. But they were going to allow people in the park again. I, for one, was excited because I enjoy going to Disneyland. I'm an annual pass holder. But You're going to go if it opens? I was. I was planning to do a day trip when they opened up because uh, I missed it. And I missed my little happiest place on earth type of thing, quote unquote, you know, and just to go see the Star Wars land and go punch Mickey in the face and all that fun stuff that I, <laughs> that I used to do. So I was going to do it. I mean, granted, I wasn't going to be the first person online to be like, yeah, open, open, open. I wanted to kind of see where they were going to come as far as their policies and what they're doing to keep the guests safe that goes into the park. But I was looking forward to it to reopen. And now they have no set time when they are going to reopen. It's more of an indefinite state until we kind of get past this corona stuff. And another uh, story that just came out earlier today, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment Wrestling. They have positive cases of in-ring performers and staff that have tested positive for COVID-19. And that's a big one. That is kind of big because they were... I believe they were the only one that never stopped, right? That was kind of a sport that kept going. Debatable whether to call it a sport or not. It's more entertainment, well, sports yeah. entertainment. But well, that's the, why the I, I did the air real. quotations for the people <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. Before you at me and Facebook me like, you know, wrestling's not fake. Yes, it, uh, it is a highly athletic performance is kind of what it is. Uh, but you have to be a hell of an athlete in order to do some of the stuff that these guys do. I know because I've done wrestling in the past with friends, backyard shit and stuff like that and gone through training, which is intense. So, yeah, you got to be a hell of an athlete in order to do this. But uh, what that leads to, though, is because the centering performance, they get they got COVID. The staff got COVID. Where this conversation will end up going as far as the current state of sports today, like the NFL is going to start back up. The basketballers said we are they are already starting back up. They're supposed to be doing the playoffs sometime soon, I think, actually. Uh, Major League Baseball yeah. is supposed to be starting up soon, even golf. The fact that, That's you know, crazy. people can still kind of go out. They, I see, as with today, is the single highest spike in cases that people are going to probably start putting the brakes on certain things and start maybe either postponing or delaying certain events that are upcoming. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes because I know 
baseball finally just worked something out between the owners and players that they were going to start the season in the middle or end of July. Basketball, I believe, was starting July 31st. So if Disneyland is pushing things back, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because this all leads to football, and i got to have my football. <laughs> oh, man, what the heck? It's this is a little worrisome. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't know how it's going to happen because I can't really see. I, a lot of things I don't think are going to either get postponed or stopped because I think people are worried about their financial pocket and how this is going to affect them if they continue to delay. Uh, the problem is of it, though, is what I think can happen is some of the athletes would either protest and not, you know, for their own safety because they're putting their kind of lives on the line to for what, yeah. really. I mean, they're they're not even like LeBron came out publicly and said, you know, he doesn't want to play basketball if there's nobody in the, in the audience and with everything going on, I don't think the basketball is going to have any type of audience watching. I got a, I got a feeling LeBron's going to change his tune when he, when he realizes the window's closing to win the championship ring. So he's (laughs) going to play like you can count on that. Cause he, he cares about his legacy. Ezekiel Elliott was found week or so ago. That he had he had COVID nineteen. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, a few other Cowboys and Texans. So, so it's spreading. It's going to be interesting if this keeps up, because now you're starting to hear the bigger names getting it. You know. Yeah, especially like with full contact sports like that, it's even harder. Like you know, if if you're supposed to be taking basketball, everything's like a contact sport, basketball, hockey, uh, baseball, somewhat, not as much of a contact sport, but you're throwing around a ball. So I guess you can kind of, you know, pass it off that way, I guess. Maybe who knows Uh, football, especially though, like, you know, your linemen, your defensive tackles as they're, you know, blocking each other, pushing each other out the way. You're literally almost like nose to nose minus the helmet, blocking it to the person in front of you, you know, multiple piles and tackling people and things. How do you prevent that from, you know, if somebody actually has that, how do you prevent that from spreading to other players in that scenario? Yeah, but but you're not even thinking basketball is going to be 10 times worse than football. Right. You're constantly touching, sweating on each other. You're literally face-to-face playing defense and offense, breathing. Are you going to play with a mask on? Like, basketball is probably going to be the one that takes uh, the biggest hit if if someone has it. Everybody's going to look like Rip Hamilton back in the day when he had his nose guard. Remember that? <laughs> oh, I do remember that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to bring it back. Yeah. But, yeah, so, man, I'm, this kind of sucks because the world in a time like this needs their, their entertainment and their sports. I could only watch uh, How I Met Your Mother so many times. I know, right? And I can only listen to Donald Trump put his foot in his mouth so many times as well. <laughs> oh, shit. What did he say now? You hear the shit that he said? So as a nation divided today with all the other protests going on and everything, uh, people fighting racism, the movement for that, fucking Trump. (laughs) In a rally, and I'm not sure exactly where he was. I think he was at a Trump rally. He was actually doing campaigns for his next election, upcoming up election. But he called the coronavirus the Kung Flu. Oh, gosh. The Kung Flu? And it's one of those, like, I I giggled and laughed, and I kind of felt like an asshole for laughing because I'm all like, really? It's, I would laugh more that he, like, has the audacity to say that. And he even kind of even re- tried to defend it. He's like, what? That's not racist? What are you talking about? No, no, it's not racist. Like, they know I say that. The Kung Flu. <laughs> he kind of continued to, like, say it again after that. I'm all like, really, dude? Like, come on, man. Like, out of everybody, like, fuck, you're the leader. You're the leader of the fucking country of the United States. If anybody's yeah. supposed to set the standard as far as not to have any racist remarks, it should be you. <laughs> and you're out he's there like, fucking calling a kung flu, dude. The hell? He's like, it's not racist. They're not black. It it, it doesn't count. They're, yeah, it's, that's not, all right. It's okay. It's okay. About black people. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, I, Kim, Kim Jong Un is my friend. So I, yeah. <laughs> he's like that one time I went to college. There was an Asian kid in the class. Exactly. So I'm not yeah. racist. I'm not racist. I even copied off of him. They're, they're really <laughs> yeah. good at math. Yep. Yes. That's why I got my scholarship in math. That's where you go. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh man. Jesus Christ. That's our that's our president for us. Uh, I don't think he has any more feet to put in his mouth. I think if he would have heard that, I think he'd be like, "Challenge accepted." 
<laughs> oh shit. Oh man, that's our president, I guess. Well, we'll see if he's still our president in another year or so, but I can't believe in a time like this he's still making racist remarks. <laughs> the shit that I is hard for me to even well not hard for me, but what I feel disappointed in the whole slap your forehead and like shake your head and type of thing is when he said that, how many people cheered for that shit? There was like so many like the Kung Flu, like he even kind of like hyped it up a little bit, you know, was trying to say what he was going to get to. And people even in the audience going, it's the Kung Flu and like trying to yeah. egg him on. I'm all like, yep, there's all your damn Trump supporters in that well, it's a Trump rally. So, yeah, it's, it's the environment that I don't want to say he created because it was always out there. But when you talk like that, you make it seem OK to be out in the open about it. Yeah. And this is just the environment he's letting, making it seem like it's okay. And it's not okay, but this is his vote. He He's depending on this vote. So I guess he's trying to do whatever he can to get their vote. I don't know if I want to use the term toxic, a toxic environment necessarily. Why not? Seems toxic. Yeah. Look what it led to. You think you think all this uh, Black Lives Matter and the killing of George Floyd and all that is because the behavior was not toxic? No, it's toxic for sure. That was totally toxic, but I'm just painting it at this exact moment for him talking about the Kung Flu and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it, it is toxic. toxic. He's creating a toxic environment with this. And he's, he is. He is saying it's okay to you know because, say kind of like racist he's giving excuses and things like that which is not good because what's his followers gonna do like like he's gonna be like oh black people are okay right now but now we don't like asian people they're the one yeah. giving us the bias you know and then they attack the, the asian culture so no it's it's not okay especially when you're in that position and you're talking publicly like that no and and you're trying to win votes by putting another race down. No, not cool. Not cool. Yeah, not cool at all. I hope he gets the Kung Flu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> speaking of other not cool news. Well, you're going to be singing uh, that song. Everybody was Kung Flu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> uh, you're bad. <laughs> so speaking speaking of other bad news going on, um, what's going on in your world with uh, Twitch and Mixer? Big, 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 big headlines. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, which I'm pretty sure I've said it in the past, I do stream occasionally on Twitch. I uh, do a couple times a week, every now and then for fun. Nothing, anything crazy, anything big. Uh, but for those of you who are not familiar with the streaming platform, it increased heavily since COVID-19 hit and everybody kind of stayed locked home orders. You know, you don't have any sports going on. You don't have, uh, you can't go out, can't watch a movie. So what do you do? You fucking search YouTube and you watch people play video games online. So Twitch and Mixer and there's another one, YouTube Gaming. Those are all the big competitors right now. Mixer announced on Monday that they are shutting down their platform as of July 22nd, and they are partnering with Facebook. And notice I didn't even mention Facebook in the top three. I mentioned Mixer, I mentioned Twitch, uh, Twitch, and I mentioned YouTube Gaming. Facebook has a platform called Facebook Gaming. You may not know about it. Why? Because nobody's on it. <laughs> so no, nobody watches it, really. Um, I know a couple of streamers who are on there because they play one particular game, uh, League of Legends game called Team Fight Tactics. And I have one particular really popular streamer is does it on Facebook gaming. So I end up watching his YouTube clips, and now I know he does his Facebook stuff. It was huge to say that why it happened all of a sudden. Like Mixer is a fairly popular platform. They have the single most popular streamer, Ninja, if you haven't heard of him, uh, he's a huge Fortnite player that he played on Twitch, uh, kind of made his name there. And they, he signed a multi, multi-million dollar contract in order to be an exclusive streamer on Mixer. He made out like fucking A. So when they announced the merger or quote unquote partnership for what they call, and I'll, I'll get my tinfoil hat on because I have a reason to think of why they actually did this. 
uh, they said everybody who's actually a partnered streamer. And what partnered means when you're actually a partner to a certain particular streaming platform, it means you can only stream exclusively to that platform. I mean, you're not allowed to stream on Twitch. You're not allowed to stream on YouTube. Uh, you're exclusive to that particular platform. When they gave him the option of saying, okay, hey, you can either continue out your contract and you can come over to the Facebook platform here or because it's a kind of quote unquote little uh, not in your contract, we'll give you the option to get an out. And they gave the same option to the other streamers to get an out. So Ninja got a payday of uh, unofficially announced of a $30 million payday for just saying uh, walking away and not having to uh, stream to Facebook or not being contract. Uh, obligated to continue his uh, contract through Facebook. Nuts. <laughs> so he, he got a huge payday. Man, imagine if you got paid, uh, say, $30 million just to not do this podcast on Anchor and we can go anywhere else. Man, I, I'm thinking <laughs> about it right now. I'm, a bunch of like dollar signs are flying over my head. I'm trying to Dude, catch them. I'd be happy with 20 bucks. Them, they're too high. <laughs> I'd be happy with 20 bucks, to be honest. I'd be like, woo, whoa, yeah, whoa, get whoa, me McDonald's. <laughs> All right. I need a new co-host. We got to dream bigger. <laughs> At least Pizza Hut or something. Come on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, dang, that's crazy. So so I know Ninja, and I know he's like one of the biggest streamers out there. Why would they let him? Was it because of the contract? Or why would they let him just go? Were they trying to save money? Well, since Mixer, well, no, because they're going to continue out his contract. They paid him out. They paid him the rest of his contract. So it's they they gave everybody the option since they a lot of people don't like going to Facebook. Obviously, I mean, they could have been dicks and said, okay, hey, now you have to go over here because we have a contract with you. Uh, but since it's not Mixer, Mixer is quote unquote shutting down their services, even though they say they're partnering with Facebook. Uh, they uh-huh. just said, you know, hey, we're shutting down. So here's the rest of your money, and uh, yeah, peace. So he has, he's now a quote-unquote free agent in the uh, esports world, and he has the opportunity to go wherever he wants to. And most people were thinking he was going to YouTube gaming because there was a whole lot of controversy when he left Twitch in the first place. <laughs> there was a controversy where, you know, initially they uh, Twitch kept his channel up and running for the uh, uh, playing replays or saying, you know, if you like Ninja, go check out these other Fortnite streamers. <laughs> and one particular day, when they had that, one of the streamer they recommended just was playing porn on his stream. Like he was just streaming uh-huh. porn, porn hub. And Twitch basically had it advertised on Ninja's page. And it was right there. You know, you click on Ninja's page, boom, porn right there. That's funny. So he was and, doing that on purpose or why was he doing that? No, he, he didn't do that. Uh, so Twitch basically kept his channel alive because so many people went to uh, Ninja's page, all these like kids and whatnot, because of huge Fortnite oh, streamer. Oh, I see, yeah. They, they wanted to keep you know that area of entry still alive, and they wanted to say, you know, oh, sorry, Ninja's not here anymore. They used the quote-unquote video game type of thing of like, you know, the princess is another castle. They kind of said Ninja is on another platform right now, you know, but check out some of these other streamers. And then one of the streamers they recommended was literally streaming porn. So why did Mixer close? That's a big question. And so Tinfoil Hat, a couple of days ago, or I think it was about a week ago, there was a former employee. Her name was, uh, I'm not sure if that was her. her or she actually, Millie, was the person that came out. Uh, they, they put a uh, Reddit article. And they go to talk about how the management and Mixer uh, were racist and unjust. And they had a big problem. And it's one of the reasons why that particular employee left. So that came out. That got a lot of traction. It, it went in to say that the p- partners were to refer to as slaves, as the higher ups, uh, the management and mixer would call them. And at one point, quote the this person stated that management and mixer said the partners, streamers, were slaves, and that he was the slave owner. And I was like, shit. Uh, it's yeah, it's not confirmed that they actually said that or whatnot, though. But I find it ironic that the fact that this came out maybe four or five days prior to Mixer actually shutting down their services. And I just think something's odd that the timing on that just happened to come out because Mixer is owned by Microsoft. Microsoft doesn't uh, they own the company itself. They don't do anything to really run it, per se. It's its own individual 
uh, company entity that it runs under. It's just uh, Microsoft owns it. I think of them as a, a board partner or anything like that. It's like a crystal investor, I guess you would call it. So I'm thinking Microsoft actually saw that going down and with everything going on as far as racism and like protesting Black Black Lives Matter movement and everything going on, I just think they kind of wanted to wipe their hands with it and say, okay, hey, we're shutting down this project. We don't want anything in our name that has to do with racism or anything in that matter. And I think they shut them down because of that. It's not confirmed, but that's just my two cents. Gotcha. So the platform is just closing. It's not going to Facebook. Their release statement said that they're partnering with Facebook. that's kind of a nicer word yeah i guess they have an option to that that's kind of a nicer word to say that i guess uh i think it's more or less like facebook offered to pick up somebody's contract for some of the streamers to continue it and they had that offer on the table if not they got a severance package from mixer it sounded like paid out the rest of the contract so this is mixer but isn't twitch going through some issues also so there was a big thing on Twitch. This is the other shit that's kind of went down in the weekend. So there's kind of this digital Me Too movement kind of going on. I'm not sure exactly who, because there's a lot to even like. We could probably have a whole podcast, a couple hours, just naming each person that actually has come forward to kind of claim something against another particular streamer. And in a nutshell, I'll give you the breakdown. There's Break it famous- down. There's famous street literally. That's what she said. <laughs> you got it in. You got it in. It only <laughs> took twenty twenty eight minutes, but boom, it happened. <laughs> Told you I'd find a way. <laughs> awesome. Uh in a nutshell, a streamer came out openly that another streamer on the same platform had they claim sexual abuse against this other streamer. The reason Twitch got under fire is because they're going to management to say, take the streamer down that he doesn't deserve to be on this platform. He shouldn't have a voice to his opinion. He's a disgusting scumbag, blah, 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 blah. Take him off. Twitch hasn't responded to a lot of these allegations at all yet. It was just kind of one type of thing. They kind of more, I think mm-hmm. kind of swept it under the rug, but then throughout the day, more people came out and more and more and more and more to the point i think there's about 30 cases now of all on the same person or different people different people and different streamers multiple people from a couple of streamers Uh different other streamers people are calling out and some of these people are actually like fairly famous i'm not going to list any names because again it's not all confirmed it's more or less here said see said type of thing uh twitch is coming under fire though because they're not really doing anything about it they're just kind Mm -hmm. of they're staying quiet about it which I guess it's kind of the right move to do. Uh, in, in this case, I wouldn't necessarily put it against them to either cancel these streamers at, at the same time or kind of the stance that they're taking right now of not doing anything. I don't really see anything wrong with that as well either. It's it's really, really hard to say. I think they're more or less like they don't want to get involved. Yeah, it's, I've, it's crazy. I've looked into it a little bit. Um, I saw some cases. I guess they were not the popular cases that I found. I don't know who's popular on Twitch, but it seems like the ones I did find were complaints about emotional harassment and there was nothing physical. I don't know what they could do about that. Like, sounds like just complaining. Like if there was real sexual assault, then you need to take it to the police and you need to take it above what you want Twitch and stuff to do because you need to realize if it's a he said, she said matter and there's no evidence, what if Twitch cancels a streamer where he was innocent and he did absolutely nothing? So it could go both ways. So I don't think they could be mad at the platform unless it's happening on the platform. Then I guess they could do something about that. But if it's a true issue, you need to go above the platform and go to the law and report these people to the law. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they did cancel them though, and if a streamer was actually proven innocent, I do think it, they'll just simply let them back on the platform. But that yeah. goes away from what we stand for. Proven know, innocent we, until guilty. Yeah. That shit went out the window a long time ago. Right now it's guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> the way it goes. It's America's it's changed and it's different of opinion. It's I want everyone it, to know I am innocent. <laughs> yeah, I, I am innocent as well. I don't guilty. know what I guilty. did, but I am innocent. Guilty in some sense, but innocent in a sense too. So nope, he's guilty. <laughs> I am innocent. <laughs> the the fact of the matter is though. Twitch doesn't really need to do anything. The community kind of takes care of themselves. So that's, if you really like, you know, we're not mentioning anybody's names though, but it's only a Google uh, like search away. If you like type in like, you know, Twitch abusers, you're going to see a list of names and certain people, you know, it's, it's open forum, right? Because everybody's like opened it up on Twitter and talked about it. You know, what Twitch is, and for those who don't know, online streaming is, you know, has like, think of like the way me and Sabri are doing this podcast at the moment, but think of it going live as we're recording it with people can actually comment and talk and we can actually see those comments. If you're a known or alleged, use the term sexual abuse, rapist, however you want to like put it, and it's known to the community, that chat is going to be toxic up the ass about you know attacking the streamer necessarily and putting this twitter on blast and the point where they probably don't even want to fucking stream you know just to kind of save his face and there's actually have been a few streamers that actually came forward to admitting this shit is actually true and apologizing on their platforms and social media which i thought was even crazy too uh, was it bad or was it like emotional stuff as far as their uh, statement no, what they were accused of, but I guess that's besides the point. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly details as far as how one was uh, the severity of one versus the other, but they have come out to say, you know, yeah, this was back in the day, either some person tried to make an excuse, like, or some person tried to throw them back under the bus, like, you were drunk, it was consensual and stuff, and like fighting back and forth, which I don't think that no, helps. No, so it to... was physical. Yeah, that's yeah, a bigger deal. Yeah, I don't think that helps to, uh, the person's case who's the alleged uh assaulter and or rapist in this scenario as he's talking about you know if, you know you were drunk too <laughs> you know but like well fucker that doesn't make it all right <laughs> you know two yeah. wrongs don't make a right man just if you're drinking and like the other person is drinking don't think it's okay just because you both are intoxicated and shit just be like james and drink dr pepper that's what you gotta do drink the doctor the doctor never let you down and if anything you got something wrong with you he'll hook you up he'll fix you that's why i don't have corona the key to the key to getting rid of coronavirus drink dr pepper there you go yeah all our (laughs) listeners are gonna start drinking dr pepper like he's right (laughs) he's right um i can see the headlines now you know multiple people like getting a heart attack off of caffeine from injecting dr pepper based on the foolish podcast they listened to over the weekend like uh oh (laughs) but not one of them had the coronavirus (laughs) yeah all right well so so last week we kind of were talking about um dave Chappelle, and we mentioned candace owens and so this led me down a big rabbit hole because i was freaking like all right i don't know much about candace owens and if dave Chappelle says he wants to kick her in her pussy i need to know who candace owens is so i start researching candace owens and you know not everything she says is completely dumb you know she makes some sense but one of her her topics was our issues with america is the homes without a father there's a lot of fatherless homes. And she started spitting out statistics. So I'm like, all right, this is an issue. Let me look into more of this. And then I saw something else. She talks about it. Then it goes, I find uh, Killer Mike was talking about it. He's an activist slash rapper. And then I find where Obama during his presidency started talking about single parent homes in the lower communities and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, it's Father's Day. Let me start doing some research on that because I found it very interesting how this seems to be a big issue, especially in a time like this, but no one's really talking about it. And it seems like no one's really doing anything about it. So let me just throw out some statistics for you that I found. And this is from the U.S. Department of Justice Um, children from fatherless homes account from, and then suicide. 63% of youth suicides don't have a father. Runaways, 90% of all homeless and runaway youth are fatherless. Behavioral disorders, 
85% don't have a father. High school dropouts. 71% of all high school dropouts don't have a father. Juvenile detention rates. 70% of all juveniles do not have a father. Substance abuse. 75% of adolescents and abuse users are go-to sinners do not have a father. Aggression. 75% of rapists motivated by displaced anger do not have a father. And um, another statistic that we unfortunately are number one in, we are number one in the world in um, single parent homes at 25%. And if we just take account as the low income communities, black communities are lower income. And this number is not because I've seen a couple numbers. So it's upward of 50%. 50% of lower income families are higher, do not have a father in their home which is crazy. What do you think about those numbers? Honestly, the 25% I thought was low, <laughs> to be honest. Well, well that's 20, That's but, 25% all United States in the world do not have a, a father. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, a single parent home. So they could have a stepfather or something, but that doesn't count in the statistic. But we're still number one. The fact that we're number one in that, Kind of says something about our culture, doesn't it? It does. So I, you and I grew up differently as far as like our, our families and whatnot. I've, I've had a, a mom and dad and I was more sheltered of uh, growing up, uh, overly protective in uh-huh. a lot of case, a lot of things. And it didn't really occur to me that there was families, you know, like single uh, parent families and whatnot, or really like people like, gone through the divorce and stuff and kids like have separated families where they would essentially have two different bedrooms you know they go visit their dad on visitation for like you know a week and then with their mom type of thing a little bit of a culture shock finding all that out as a a little bit older age and whatnot though but as and that's the that's the good scenario that's not even the bad scenario you know yeah that's where they're still visiting the dad exactly and, you know, as I got older, learned definitely a lot more things of, yeah, you know, there's single families and there's the dad who doesn't even want to be around or doesn't even care about his kids and want to see his kids and anything. And the kids I've seen a firsthand of kids who don't have that male role model in their life and how it turns them down the bad path. Whatever, like, yes. you know, adolescence issues, either act out in the school or get involved in certain things and not supposed to get involved in um, just not having that father figure or role model essentially to be like nope <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and no that's the key yeah sometimes you need that um there was a percentage or, or a fact that men are more likely to be stern and not give in to a child than women are you need that as a child you need that discipline and when you don't have it you know things you know you become part of a statistic so, in another thing I read, where did you know Obama came from a grew up with just a mom? He didn't have a father in his home. I did not know that. Yeah, that's crazy. So it kind of shows like if there's a will, there's a way. You can still be president. Yeah, I read where he didn't grow up with a father in the home, so a single parent household. So I was like, after reading this, you kind of you kind of say, well, what can we do? What can we do to prevent it? And, you know, I guess you could encourage marriage in low-income communities or any community, teaching adolescents and young adults the economic and social benefits of marriage. More children can avoid the pain of absent fathers and risk of poverty. But when it comes down to it, I think education, education, education. Like you just focus on education about what's going on in these communities at a young age. Cause I see all these things about defund the police and defund the politicians. How about we stop defunding the schools and we start focusing on not only education, but real life scenarios and situations because the more they're educated and the more likely they're going to come to an understanding of what they're missing. So we don't, 
keep this cycle alive. Um, like you said, you grew up with a mom and dad. I did not grow up with a dad. And, you know, like, I guess I get some of the the hardship people are going for. But my mom, you know, I love her to death. But she did a great job of keeping me busy and, and focused. But not every not everybody has that. And so I think education is a huge, can be huge for, for these lower communities that don't have fathers. And and take advantage of these men willing to step up. It doesn't even have to be a stepdad or, you know, it could be someone else's father or a friend's father who's just willing to spend, you know, half an hour a day, maybe play something, a sport or school or teach or whatever. Give time to the YMCA or local youth uh, camp or something. And, and I think that's one way we could get the next generation out of this horrible cycle of not having the father. I agree. Education. My sense of it is more based off of values. There's a lot of things that we don't value as much as we did back in the day. Marriage for one. Like the uh, marriage values and things. Like You know the statistics of how many people actually stay together once married versus the divorce rate after people get married? No, but that's part of the you know fatherless homes that yeah. they're either divorced, locked up, dead... You know, there, there's all sorts of statistics. It's 40 to 50% of people get divorced once they get married. Right. I just looked it up on my phone right now to make sure. So that's no bullshit. <laughs> it's actually, it's uh-huh. true. 40, 40 to 50%. So if you think of like a people like 10, 10 couples get married tomorrow. What that's saying is half of those five, at least five of those couples are going to end up winding up with a divorce. Yeah. That's a lot of stress to put under a kid like going through any or just going to the divorce in general, let alone at the stress factor it is on the, you know, the husband and the wife because they're now getting a divorce for whatever reason. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's really bad. And just think of the stress that that puts on the kid itself and not necessarily the divorce part, but even if it finds out that they're going to school, essentially to get picked on, to get bullied, you know, your parents are getting divorced, blah, 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 everything else that kind of goes on to it as well. And they develop aggression issues. There's a laundry list of things that kind of can go along with that. Uh, my biggest thing is value. So, and I'm a person of, uh, I like to think I, have high values more or less and i really Mm -hmm. take marriage as a serious kind of situation and everything and even my past relationships that i've had before uh with people that were in a marriage prior to that as well and it's hard to like i always try to like you know if it's not working try to find a way to make it work versus just kind of calling it quits with i think more people kind of give up now people give up too easy i think that's the fucking problem People yeah. just don't, they don't take the time. They don't try to work it through. They just, they don't fight for like what's worth fighting for. I get like you. It, today's era and generation is different than the old school generation we see from the leave it to beavers, you know, where maybe uh, women and men were able or willing to put up with other people's issues. <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking, it's mind boggling to me in a lot of sense. I mean, if you're a father, if you're like, you're a father and I, I am not a father, but I've been in that stepfather figure role, which I'm not anymore. And it fucking kills me to this day still. But the fact that other people out there with kids of their own blood and they don't even want to spend any time with them and they have like the fucking fuckers who walk away from that shit. And I don't get that. And, and well, I'm go over here. The cycle that we're yeah. talking about in the statistics, you yeah, know, when you're I not go- raised around it or taught. You know, it's led to kids having kids at young ages, you know, kids having kids. I think that's the best way to put it. And yeah. when you're not ready for it, you do walk away and, you know. And I think, are you and I'm sure there's probably a, a, a statistic on this as well, but how many people have, who grew up with a divorced, you know, family or a split family is more likely to get a divorce as they get married or think it's okay to have a single family home. Well, my parents, they did okay with that. And so, you know, it was good for them. It was good for me too. So fuck it, just get the divorce or just, I'm okay just to be in a single right. parent or whatnot too. And they think it's okay when, monkey I mean, see, monkey do. I get yeah, it. monkey see, monkey do. And the same people who kind of grew up in abusive households and they see either the father abusing the dad or in some cases, vice versa, the uh, mother abusing the father, which is more rare, but it happens. Yeah. the kid kind of sees that and because of that he has aggression issues and he sees acts out of what either the father or the mother did and they apply that to their own life so 
it's yeah really quick since it is father's day and we did it for mother's day did you want to give a shout out or anything to your dad my dad and i have a unique relationship a lot of what i am today is because of my dad and my mom too I get both from them. I, I'm, a, I'm a combination of the both. But my dad's a giant techie guy. He is not an athletic at all. <laughs> He's, uh, I guess you would kind of, what you would normally consider a nerd. It kind of defines my dad and I more or less, even though I had track and football growing back in the day. But my dad's not a sports guy. He doesn't watch football. He doesn't watch basketball. He doesn't anything like that. He he likes uh, music and guitars and, and uh, he pl- uh, plays games all the time. One particular thing that I do remember, and it was highly encouraging and motivating to me during this event, as I did track and field back in high school. And this was at the old high school, which was right up the street from my house. I used to live uh, like two minutes walking distance to it. Mm-hmm. We had a track event there, and I had no idea my dad was going to come. And it was the only track event that he ever went to. Uh, he might have went to one of my cross-country events, though, but I wasn't expecting him to come. But... Uh, him and my two uncles, uh, who's one, unfortunately, has, has uh, passed away now, the youngest one. Uh, oh. Peter was his name. Uh, but it was my dad, my two uncles in the stands, and I had no idea they were there. And all I remember is starting a 400-meter race, and I just hear my dad yell out, Go, son! And it totally caught me off guard. I didn't think, oh, like, like, oh whose father's here? I had no idea. But I sounded like mine. I'm like, oh, that's not my dad cheering for me. But then I looked over, and he's there with, like, a sense of, like, proud like you know pride father watching his son race against other students and that just uh, it got me like oh wow like my dad came and my uncles are here too and i don't think i won that race <laughs> actually i think i got one <laughs> i think i got almost second to last more or less though like ironically uh i was a freshman i think at the time i wasn't fast whatsoever this was before even my career track took off already maybe that's why he didn't come to my races anymore after that but anyways <laughs> it was uh i remember he was there and he watched me uh, race and there was another race i was really highly motivated for because he was there and i wanted to just show him how much i enjoyed and how much i liked doing this and he uh, was super proud of me. I went to the stands. He gave me a hug. And he's like, you ran well. You ran great. And my uncles were all proud of me and talked to me. And that was a really special moment because it was one of yep. the times that my dad, that, my dad's a hermit. So to more or less paint a picture, my dad doesn't go out the house ever. <laughs> yeah. Like there was maybe a couple of times where like, I, I don't even know if as long as Sabri and I know each other, if you ever seen him at like someplace outside the house. Have you? Fries. Yeah. <laughs> Fries. Fries. Okay. Fries. Yeah. That's about it though. But. Yeah, uh, yeah well, my that, dad's. No, that's pretty awesome, and and you yeah. see, like, you even He's win the race, but this is one of your more memorable memorable races because he showed yeah. up. So the, he was there. That's awesome. So it was it was special. Like he doesn't get out much, and it was special that he was there, and it meant a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah, he probably doesn't even <laughs> yeah. remember that, but yeah, that thanks, Mister Gambill. <laughs> if he was there, I was probably there too, throwing this big heavy ball. <laughs> <laughs> you probably were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so with me, it's different. I didn't grow up with a father, and I could do the cheesy route and give a shout out to my mom. What up, mom? <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna say during my life, I picked up this weird habit or skill where I would find specific men in my life, and each man that I chose would have like some type of quality I liked. And I would make it a part of my own. So on this podcast, I guess for Father's Day, we give a special thank you to two men who were a part of my life and made a, a good difference or impact on me. Um, their names are both Mark. So we'll call one Mark 1 and one Mark 2. Uh, first one with Mark 1. Uh, first met him at church. Uh, he was in charge of the... Uh, Uh, my age group in Bible study. And he just made it really fun. I was in sixth grade. I enjoyed going. I enjoyed him teaching. He would give us sports cards. It made my friends want to come. And we just built a relationship where uh, my mom was uh, disabled at the time. So during my first communion, he was the one that walked me up in and kind of stood behind me during my first communion. And as I got older, he would show up to events. And um, we just had this relationship where we call each other every so often or on birthdays. And you know him now. He's in our fantasy league. 
and we do fantasy football together. So I think that's awesome. He's just a good guy. Yep. And, um, you know, very caring and, and he's kind of funny, but caring at the same time. And I kind of took that from him. Yeah. Except for that and, one year when he picked up Devontae Adams. I had to, had to be for the men, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't do that again. But, uh, yeah, so so big thank you to, to Mark One for uh, um, just kind of being around and, and just being a man for me just to talk to if I needed to. And then uh, Mark Two, I also met in church. When Mark One left the church, Mark Two came in. And I was so like, as a kid, I was like, no, you can't replace Mark One. And you have the same name? No, I can't like you. Well, I ended up liking him. He was a really cool guy. Uh, and it came to a point where you remember when I transferred from Linwood to Warren. Well, it was his house I stayed at. And him and his family were very, you know, very um, caring. They took me in, loving. Um, they always had open arms and an open house, not for me, for just anyone. And that was just something that I viewed as, like, very cool. And I want to be like that, knowing that that it could be a safe haven for kids and trusting. And the story with him was my, my last day uh, at his house that I was staying with him. I never beat him in basketball, and I was a really good basketball player, but he was pretty good too. And so we had one final game at his house, and he said he will never lose at his house. And this guy, I was about to beat him. He pushes me into the garage so I don't make the winning shot. He goes back, and he scores the winning shot as he pushed me into the garage. And he says, my house, my rules, and he beat me. And you know how com- you know how competitive I am. I did not talk to him that last night. We did not talk at all. I refused to eat his dinner. <laughs> uh, that's the final memory at his house. But but no, they're just very caring, loving family, and just wanted to say thank you um, for opening your home to me when you didn't have to, and just happy Father's Day to uh, both Marks. A big uh, Baba Booey. Mark II will understand that one. I think that's how we should end it, right? <laughs> Man, good, because I didn't understand that. I hope he does. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get it. He'll get all right. it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Dad, Magumbo Baluba. Okay, all right, cool. And with that, <laughs> with that, that's episode 12. Hope everybody has a good, safe week. Be safe from Corona. Shit's still out there. Wash your hands as always. Yeah, be safe. Uh, Happy belated Father's Day and uh, Baba Booey. (laughs) Take care, everybody.